Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Boundless Show. Happy New Year to you, or almost New Year, if you're listening to this right as it comes out. Um, or happy past year if you're listening a few months down the road. It's all good. Um, we're so glad that you are with us. And like I often like to do, a little preview of what is coming up on the show. Later on for our inbox, we have a girl who's feeling insecure about her weight. And her mom has forever really pressured her to go on a diet or be on a diet. And it's become a serious emotional struggle for her. So we're going to ask a counselor to give some advice and encouragement to our listener. And then for our culture segment, our friends Easton Coleman and Andrew Montgomery will really share some perspectives for you on setting goals for next year. But this isn't your standard, like, let's all write down our resolutions. This is really like growth stuff in a number of areas, whether it's mental health, whether it's personal growth, career stuff, just how to really realistically go after stuff that you want to see happen in your new year. So um, also moving on from regrets, you know, what did you miss last year, whatever, it's all good. Well, here we are for our roundtable, and uh, this is going to be fun too, because we are actually going to get maybe some insider perspective on goals, perspectives, uh, looking forward to a new year, not looking forward to a new year. Sometimes there's a certain amount of malaise around uh, entering a new year. Some people are hopeful. Some people aren't. It's hard to let things go. And so I have got Emerson, Tyler, and Jessica here. Hey, y'all. How's it going? All right. Well, great to to have you here. Uh, You know that you are staring down, because we're recording this a little bit uh, before the new year, you're staring down a new year, basically, as it is. And so that could be with mixed emotions. It could be like this past year wasn't all I wanted it to be. It could be like this whole new year. I don't know what's in front of me. So let's just talk generally. Do you all tend to be optimistic about a new year or are you more cynical or does it depend on the year or what you have coming up or what does that look like for you? Um, I think for me personally, I think a new year is exciting. It's kind of a fresh start the way I see it. Um, Maybe you can look back on the past year and there's stuff you can reflect on, but also stuff you can grow from the past year as well. So that excites me. I tend to think pretty positively towards the new year. I mean, every year is going to have your ups, your downs, your positives, your negatives. But, you know, the positives are areas where you can continue growing in the new year. The negatives are, hey, I still have some more work to do in this area. Like, it's not a inherently negative thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Um yeah, I, I, I believe that the new year has many new prizes and, and surprises just in store. And I am so excited to see what the Lord's going to do uh, with this new year coming up. Yeah, I think a lot of things, you know, when when people figure out like how they are doing, a lot of it has to do around identity issues. And sometimes identity issues drive back uh, even, you know, we talk about this all the time at Boundless, sometimes our relationship status or, you know, where are we? Did we have hopes for, you know, dating someone or not dating someone or whatever? What does that look like? Um, How do you really like settle into your identity and still be, you know, we never want to be the person that's like, well, I'm just going to chuck it all out the window. There's no hope for me, whatever. And so I'm just going to be angry or sad (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) or fatalistic about it. But at the same time, we don't want to hang all our hopes on something like, oh, I would be so much happier if I, you know, if my relational status was changed or whatever. How do you guys kind of sit in that space? That's that's a great question. Um, I think I would think specifically back to 
the the famous verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Mm -hmm. But in that passage, Paul's talking about being content in mm -hmm. all things. And so being content with Christ, I think, is crucial here. And it returns back to that identity that I am a child of God. Yeah. I have been given everything I need that is in Jesus, that he is sufficient for my needs, my desires. Um, my desire for a relationship can be satisfied in him. I'm not lacking in anything, even if I'm single, a single guy in my 20s, right? <laughs> I have Jesus. Um, and that, that helps me return back to my identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would. That's probably exactly what I was going to say is that our identity is found in Christ and Christ alone. And that it's so easy to try to hang on to maybe material things of I wanted this and I wanted this and I wanted this. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head that it is satisfied in Jesus, especially like relationships. Like we have a relationship. We can have a relationship with Jesus in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That's exactly what I was, was going to say. I think there's comfort too in thinking that there is one constant in this life and that is God. Everything else is not static. It is open for change and, you know, it, it can change over the, over time, but God is constant. God is our Lord. He is our comforter. He is our friend. That does not change. Mm -hmm. Everything else does. Yeah. No, it's so true. And it's very hard to, I think a lot of people get very all or nothing, very black or white about like, well, if only this would change in my life, then my life would improve. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, I mean, there are definite things that we can go after. I mean, again, when you talk about relationally, yeah, I mean, I've been single for a long time and I've had to invest in friendships and in other relationships that I, you know, again, you can, you don't have control over any of your relationships. <laughs> There's a, but you certainly don't have, you can't just go pluck someone out and be like, I think today you're going to be my husband. And so let's just, you know, make it happen. So you have to trust God in it and you have to be willing to be a relational person and pour into other people and be that person that's, you know, because again, we're not, we're not all going to be married, but we're also, none of us are called to be alone. And so um, that is very important to remember is we're all relational creatures and we have to be there and, and be okay in that space. All right. Well, let's look back on this past year um, because I am sure that it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. I had to say that for Jessica's benefit because she's kind of a, a glitter fan. Uh, unicorn lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's better than the cat lady though. I think you can be a unicorn lady and be okay. Cat but, lady upgrade. There you go. But anyway, um, you know, none of us can look back on the previous year and say it was all perfect. There are some things we felt we missed out on. There were disappointments. There were things that didn't pan out the way we thought they would. How let's share like a few of those things. Like what are some things that you were just like, oh, man, I wasn't that wasn't the best or that wasn't. But in the midst of that, um, how are you processing any disappointments that you may have felt and things that, you know, were just kind of like meh as far as you were concerned? Well, so I think for me, um, so this was a year there was a lot of just loss and grief. Um, I started the year with two pets, ended it with none. Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard. It's sad. It doesn't really give you the best outlook going into the new the new year. But I think as I've taken time to kind of process it and think through it and deal with my grief, it's also a great way to say, well, how can I volunteer in this sphere? You know, what can I do? Like, like an animal shelter in the new year. Um, I've already started donating, you know, old towels and things to some shelters just to kind of like give back to that space mm -hmm. as a way to kind of turn to something that was not great in the previous year into something that could be used 
you know, for more positive purposes in the new year. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, for me, with new things coming, sometimes the, there's challenges that come with it. So I, I actually just started dating this new year, which is great. Um, and I, I know my girlfriend's been uh, going through a lot of stuff that has just been emotionally challenging and, and whatnot. So for me, it's kind of stepping into this realm of singleness, not having to worry about that. And now how do I be an honoring boyfriend? Um, how do I push her towards Christ in that? So that has been uh, one thing I've been processing. Um, and I, I'm also a worship leader in the area. And, and for me, I look back and I've seen some opportunities that I've I've look good you know they they look good in nature and um but you turn them down and so the way i've been processing through that is sometimes not every opportunity is is of the lord um some and that doesn't mean it's bad but uh, just processing okay god is still faithful and and better doors will open down the road as well mm-hmm. that's good mm-hmm. yeah um i i have so many ways I'm disappointed in myself over this <laughs> last year, right? So many, so many times I've screwed up or, or messed up. Um, I think most notably, uh, would be in dating as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you're talking about, Tyler, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, I look back and I feel disappointed in myself that I'm mm-hmm. still single going into this next new year and stuff like that. But, um, and then I'm disappointed in the ways I've managed other relationships in the past. Um, yeah, but how I managed that is I, I look to the, the example of scripture with, with Paul, um, specifically in First Timothy, like if anyone had regrets, it was definitely Paul when he, he like he was persecuting, killing Christians, and he describes himself in First Timothy as the chief of sinners. Like this was his past, mm-hmm. and I imagine he had innumerable disappointments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then he goes on to describe how how Christ still counted him as faithful and saved him, um, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to then look at the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, how I manage that is to stop looking at myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have to look back on the promises of God and, and relax and remember it's not about how many how much I screw up because I I am a screw up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's about it's about how how good God is, how faithful mm-hmm. He's been this whole time. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I compare my 2021 with 2020, which for all the COVID horribleness was actually a very good year for me in terms of getting structure in my life, feeling like I was able to kind of put some, you know, get get rid of some things that were just baggage, kind of move into some new things, try some new things. and And so it was great. And then this last year in comparison was just chasing my tail and dealing with chaos and barely making it to the weekend. And (laughs) I just feel so disappointed and like ready to be like, what even was this year? Like what, I don't know that I could go back through a month and be like, oh yeah. And this is, this was super great. Or this was, (laughs) I'm just trying to think like, hmm, what was it? So I'm definitely in the camp of like, oh, let's get a redo on this and, and mm-hmm. kind of move forward. And fortunately, as Emerson was saying, God is faithful mm-hmm. in that. And he's never done with us. And he's never, mm-hmm. you know, it's most of what we have and what we can claim is his accomplishment in us anyway. And so mm-hmm. that's good news. Um, Amen. Well, so in light of that, let's talk about a couple things that you're excited about focusing on in the new year. Because, again, there's that element of we can shed you know we have we we can't just look back at the past and and pine for it or hope that we can change it we can't but um god is very good in giving us uh, the tools that we need to look forward confidently and trust him so what does that look like for you guys this year similar to uh the last question is again so moving forward how can i be an honoring boyfriend how can i 
push the one I'm dating towards the Lord. Um, and so I also, I recently moved out here last year from Illinois. Mm. And so it's been kind of processing, all right, Lord, what is the reason? Why am I out here? Why'd you call me out here? Why'd you move me out here? So I look forward to pushing into that uh, with him and seeing uh, how much further where he takes me with that from where he already has. Yeah, I'm really eager for, you know, as travel continues to open up, I feel like if 2020 and 2021 has taught us anything, it's intentionality and relationships. Mm -hmm. Like when you can't be next to someone with someone, you have to be intentional about the relationship. And I know I have a couple of trips planned just to see friends that live in other states and other cities um, and really trying to be intentional about those friendships this year and those relationships. Yeah, that's good. Me too. I I always say, in fact, I um, had written a a blog post not too long ago where I talked about like always have something to look forward to in the near new year. If you can put something on the calendar and it just kind of gives you that thing of like anticipation of like, yeah, there is something out there. It's not, you know, I'm not just cleaning up the mess of this year if it was a messy one. and, And there's always something that yeah, I really want to look forward to this. And it could be just something fun or it could be a growth goal or something, um, but there's always something. So that's pretty cool. Um, So what would you guys say as far as like, how would you encourage that person who is really discouraged, just feeling like, oh, this is going to be the same as last year. I'm going into a new year. It's kind of like, you know, am I going to see any change? Am I going to see anything different? How much control do I really have over this anyway? What would be your encouragement to that person from what you personally have learned? Yeah, that uh, I, I've been there, um, just very discouraged through the whole year and very worried about uh, another year. I think that, for me, that was the that was last year um, towards the end of COVID. I was very discouraged and worried um, at the time I was in school and I didn't have a job lined up. And I'm just so terrified of this next year coming up. And I'm worried it's, it's just going to be more failure after failure. Um, but... The key there, I think, um, and what I like to look back on is, uh, is is this turning point at the end of Micah where Micah spends time looking at the failure of Israel and like how much they've screwed up. And then, then he turns, I think it's in Micah chapter 7, he says, but I will look to the Lord. And in that moment, he, he looks away from the failure of his people and their sin. And then he looks to the faithfulness and the promises of God to restore them and to love them. Um, and, and a promised future for them that uh, he will return them back to his side. And mm-hmm. I think really leaning on the promises of God is key here and trusting him that all things, if you are the Lord's, all things work together for your good and for his glory. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and you have to rest on that. You have to lean on that and hold on to it so tightly, especially in those times of darkness. Mm-hmm. And as cliche as it sounds, I mean, an attitude shift really is important. I think, you know, you. it says in Scripture that, you know, whatever the enemy intends for evil, God will use for his good. And so all that, you know, disappointment, that discouragement, that frustration can still be used for God's glory and his goodness. Yeah, and going back to the promises of God as well, it's so powerful because there's not a promise that he— fails to fulfill and he's the same God yesterday, today and forevermore. So Amen. if he's the same God of the Bible, then he it's the same thing's going to happen in your life today in this in this moment and his promises um will be fulfilled his word won't return void to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think as I think through it like practically speaking 
every single one of our circumstances is entirely within God's control. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of like, we're so busy trying to gain control or reclaim control or take control from other people and stuff. And it's like, I mean, I just had a friend post on social and she's lost her business now this Mm -hmm. year and just a lot of heartache around that. And, you know, a big deal. But I just think to myself, like, you know, what does it look like to sit in that sadness? And I want to do that with her, but also knowing who she is and how she's trusting God and she has so much faith what is he going to do? Because now that she doesn't have this business, there's got to be something next. I mean, there's got to be. So it's like God is not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. And so we have the confidence in knowing, you know, it's just like um, I always quote Elizabeth Elliot, who said, Mm -hmm. just do the next thing. That's all we have before us is we can just do the next thing. That's the the step that we take. We don't jump out five miles ahead because we can't do that. All we can do is take the step that is right in front of us. So that's so powerful. Elizabeth Elliot, especially with her story. Yeah, just amazing, amazing stuff. So, well, you guys, thank you so much for weighing in on this and really, you know, even being vulnerable about your own years and kind of hopes and fears and all of that. It's a a hard place to be, but we know um, not only with the Lord himself, but with Christian community, we can lean on one another and be there for each other. So thanks much. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever Well, folks, we are here for this week's culture segment, and we are just wrapping up this year, 2021. Can you even believe it? In fact, I one of our bosses this morning was talking in a meeting about 2020 having been a black hole, and I really don't know what happened with 2021 either. So here's to 2022. Let's make it great. Um, so in order to do that, I'm bringing in two guests this week who are going to talk to us about just aspirational Thoughts and deeds, I just wanted to say aspirational, because I didn't want to have to just say goal setting out of the gate, because some of you hate goals, some of you don't want to do, you know, we're not going to talk about resolutions, but we're going to talk about going after legitimate things that maybe you have thought about doing for a while you and it doesn't have to be because it's a new year but it's just something that you know like oh I've so thought about this wanted to do this and um, so we're going to talk about that today in a very fun way so stay with us and I have got Easton Coleman and Andrew Montgomery hey guys hey Lisa hey there 
Good to have you. Okay, so a little background on on y'all, Easton. Uh, you are actually um, you're actually a licensed professional counselor, a mental health counselor in particular, and um, specializing in everything from anger management to anxiety, ADHD, and more. You've been featured on our inbox here at Boundless, and so when we talk about mental health in a new year. We talk about self-care. We talk about just what it looks like to, you know, a lot of people are out there saying, I just want to, I want to improve. I want to improve. No one knows what that means. Um, (laughs) They don't know what they should be doing. And sometimes, you know, it's not just about striving harder for things. Um, But you're going to give us uh, some insights there as well as just some great practical stuff too. And Andrew, uh, you actually, um, you're in our organizational development department here at Focus on the Family, which is all about professional development, learning, growth, all of that, you know, as far as a trajectory of career path and more. And you are quite a little accomplished goal setter and have (laughs) gone after a few things. You're always trying to force us to learn new things here at Focus on the Family and Boundless. So that's great, too. So I want to kind of kick it off by really talking personally about your own approaches to growth and goal setting. What does it look like for you? Are you kind of that type of person? Are you a reluctant personal growth person? What's kind of your own vibe around the topic? Uh, I would say that, um, you know, growth and development is a key aspect of mental health. And so what, what I mean by that is that if we are not striving for something, looking forward something, at least even in a reflective sense, thinking about who do I want to be, what do I want to pursue, then there is a level of stagnancy that can take place um, and even depression. And so when we're striving for something, setting goals, even just reflecting back on what I haven't done or what do I want to do, even in a reflective sense, it's good to be thinking, acting towards a goal or an end. For me, goal setting has been a big part of my learning and development. So I I do have a passion for setting goals. I'm a bit of a recent convert when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. For years, (laughs) my wife would set New Year's resolutions and she'd ask mine and I'd say, oh, so many people fail at those. I don't want to set any. <laughs> and and really have come around, though, in recent years. I mean, we can get into the fact that there are a lot of people who, who don't find success in their New Year's resolutions. But there is some power in setting those goals as well. And I've definitely come around to that recently. Okay. Well, let's talk a few practical examples of things that we actually have attempted to achieve And either have or haven't. (laughs) I mean, is there something that you're still chasing after? Or is there stuff that you kind of went after and you're like, I actually did this. And I'll kick it off. I'm going to give a couple examples because they came to mind. One is I actually, at one point, many of you know, uh, it's now five or six years ago, wrote a book. And that was not even my goal. That was everyone else saying, you should put this on paper. And then I was like, I don't really want to. But I just kept getting asked so many times that it became a book proposal. And that was my first goal. And then it was like, okay, well, now I got an offer. So now I need to make this into a book. And so I actually accomplished that. The other thing, and Easton better be proud of me for this, is I grew up with horrible, you guys know this too, because I talk about it, patterns of conflict resolution in my family of just passivity, passive aggressive behaviors. And I have really tried to break those cycles and learn how to do that better and how to be honest about feelings and to address things kindly and respectfully and not with, you know, all the dreaded you statements and all of that. And I feel like I've made strides and that's something that I still uh, have a have room to grow in. But how about you guys? 
Yeah, I, I would say, you know, on, on both sides of that, on, on the side of I haven't quite gotten there yet and on the side of goals that I've um, that I've accomplished, I think an important one for me is, you know, kind of fittingly is what it took to become a counselor. Hmm. And uh, when I discovered really as a process of listening to the Lord and praying and, and listening to a mentor that this is what I wanted to do, you know, there's the goal and then there's all the things in between getting there and um, that's kind of an important aspect for me when we're talking about laying out goals is, okay, what's the end goal, but then what are the objectives? What are the incremental steps to get there? And that can be a long road. On the flip side of, of, of maybe goal not quite getting there, failure type stuff, I've always had a goal of exercising, you know, five, six days a week. And I go through periods of time where I do that, and then I go through periods of time where I don't do that. And I think for me, when I fail at that, it's important that I don't completely just let it go for me. Mm -hmm. It's something that I can come back to and I can hold on to, even if I'm not exactly meeting that objective today or tomorrow, uh, I can come back to it. I don't have to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, well, I guess it's all over for me now. Yeah. Uh, and that catastrophic thinking has been a weakness for me um, and, and is really kind of the antithesis of kind of getting back up and, and going forward. So. Yeah. Well, that is like every person listening who is an all or nothing person is just groaning because there are many of us that on that kind of, you know, because I have, you know, I've done fitness goals where I've made great strides. And then as you start to slip, you see yourself losing those. And then I'm just like, no. And then it's so hard to like start up again and stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, or my friend who's like trying to declutter her home, she's like, I need like an entire three day weekend to do that. Otherwise, I can't even start. And I'm like, well, you could also do 10 minutes. Yeah. But you know, it's just impossible. I don't know, Andrew, how about you? Well, I'm proud to say for 2021, I had a goal to listen through the entire Bible in one year. Nice. And I still have half the Bible to go, oh. and we still have how many days left? So <laughs> there's, there's still hope You're if right. I pull some all-nighters, and, and I'm not even sure then the, the math works. Hopefully, so you can <laughs> yes. <you>. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, so that is an example of a goal that that kind of petered out. And, and one reason I identified as I looked back on that in preparation for this discussion that goal was very tied to an activity I was doing a lot during the pandemic, which was going for walks after work. Oh, I would yeah. go for walks every day after work, and I thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to listen to the scriptures while I do this. And so it worked very well. And then in the summer, I decided I wanted to get back into running, and that the whole goal just kind of <laughs> fell apart. And that partly because the context for where the goal was taking place had changed. Okay. And so that's something... Uh, you know, when you are setting a goal to be thinking through uh, things like that, like where is this going to take place? What am I going to do if that context changes? So mm -hmm. um, that's one example. I, I will say also during the 2020 election and uh, in the height of COVID, I found myself just becoming despondent in the morning because I would read about five different newspapers, all with the same stories and mm -hmm. all with bad news and uh, or or upsetting news. And I really took a step back and I said, okay, this is a short goal, but for my mental health, what do I do to get through this season? And so really took a step back and did not, you know, woke up, read the scriptures, read learning and de development materials, which bring me life. 
and left the newspapers aside for a good month or so. Now, that wasn't a long-term thing, but I knew for that season mm-hmm. that it was important for me to do that. So we can also be setting micro goals as well. This doesn't have to necessarily be something you want to change for the rest of your life. Yeah. I had to do that in terms of, I, I did that around the election as well, mo- mostly with uh, social media, because mm-hmm. again, going after news sources, I have to intentionally do that. I feel like social media chases after me, in part because of my job and in part because I'm a digital, I'm a smartphone addict, um, recovering. But anyway, um, <laughs> but all that to say, it was really hard. Like for me, I had to start out by just removing all notifications mm-hmm. off of apps. And so just taking little steps that were very practical to make that happen and realize, which I think is a, a good point for us to talk about too, is that you can't just make these grandiose statements and expect big things to happen without little actions playing up to them. You know, you're not going to just completely you know, be a news junkie and ignore all news the next morning and be fine with that and stuff. You have to take little steps or the exercise thing is another one. So um, talk about, I mean, let's back up a little bit and talk about in your experience and in what you guys do, why do you think so many people make goals and have plans for growth, but just can't seem to muster up the ability to kind of get their feet on the ground and start moving on them? I, I would say one 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 factor that comes to mind initially is persistence and discipline. Um, it, it isn't just by default that you accomplish a goal. It doesn't just like happen automatically. It does take a sense of intentionality. It takes some persistence. It takes some discipline. It takes some stability in life. And so if there are things that we are doing in life that self-sabotage, that are not healthy for us, um, it's going to make it even more difficult. You know, even in, in my experience, in my younger 20s, I, I was somebody who um, did just about everything in my power to sabotage my own life. And therefore, I could not accomplish really any goal. And so part of, you know, goal accomplishment, you know, for me, as I work with clients is how are you living that is conducive to you accomplishing your goals? Okay. So what in that, even in asking that question, what are you finding are some of the things that really are tripping people up? Because clearly, if they're not having the right structures in place, then yeah. they're, why are they even talking to you? They're not willing to go after it. So what, you know, what really are some of the pitfalls? Because yeah. maybe someone listening is like, I need to know what that is. Yeah, yeah. And I would say I would say it's one of two to three primary things. And I would say number one is uh, social media and technology use. I would say it's it's probably our primary distraction point, uh, preventative distraction to getting down to getting something done. Um, and then additionally, for some people that I work with, it is the uh, abuse or overconsumption of substances, mainly alcohol. And then uh, thirdly, I would add the one of just kind of simply there's not really an attitude there. Maybe it's laziness, kind of, you know, uh, not really being persistent about keeping your eyes on the ball. And so I would say those are the three main factors that prevent kind of the conditions being ripe mm-hmm. for goal accomplishment. Yeah. Andrew, let's circle over to maybe looking at some job-related goals, career goals, personal growth goals. Um, You know, a person like facing the new year, they probably say, you know, like, well, I want to be CEO. But again, that can't happen within a year. But what what are maybe some things, if they're unaware of steps that they can take that are more baby steps, what are some great growth ideas um, that someone can go after just really in the weeks ahead? 
Sure. Well, I'm hearing you say that you're looking to become CEO of Focus in the Family in the next year. So we'll we'll take that six example. Months, man. Six months, Six months. Six months. It's all good. Well, for something like that, I would break it down. So we'll take the example of the person who wants to become CEO. That's a pretty aspirational goal. Now, what is it about a person that makes it more likely that they'll become a CEO? So breaking it down and looking at, well, perhaps I need to improve upon my executive presence. Perhaps I need to improve upon my decision making. And then breaking it down further from there and saying, okay, if I want to get better at making decisions, what are the actual components that go into that? And so, you know, that may involve researching, reading a book on decision making. And then one thing that's huge, and you talked about what can people do in the next few weeks, is making sure that application is a part of this, right? I mean, it's one thing to know that decision making looks like this, but if you're not applying it, in your life, then it's it's very unlikely to stick. Yeah. And just one more thing I'd add to that is, especially with New Year's resolutions, be looking at what are those quick wins I can get. So once you start getting some momentum in the goals you've set, it gives you a little bit more confidence to just keep that going. So okay. thinking intentionally about what are those quick wins will put you further ahead in your goal setting. Okay. So conversely, let's talk about the person who that's not their problem wanting to be CEO. Their problem is they're sitting back and they're just like, can God just tell me what to do? Because I literally have no direction for my life, whether it's career, whether it's relationships, whether it's how they're going to break cycles, patterns of behaviors in their own life and stuff. They just don't know what they even need to work on. Maybe they just don't have a clue or maybe they're afraid of finding out. What are some good tips for going after that to even get a healthy, realistic assessment of where you are right now? Yeah, I would say that's a great question. Uh, and I would say that uh, there's a couple axioms that come to mind. One is a train doesn't get from point A to B without moving. And then from kind of a pastoral point of view, uh, the scripture, when I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And the, and the point is I keep walking to get out of the valley. And so it's movement to me. It's about just anything that involves movement. And, and if that is it doesn't necessarily have to be attached to getting anywhere perfect, getting anything necessarily accomplished. The goal in and of itself could be, how can I just move today? How can I just take a step? It doesn't have to be a perfect step. It doesn't have to be CEO by tomorrow. It can just be a step. I like starting where you're starting as well, because inviting the Lord into your goal setting is key. Because the Lord knows our hearts, he knows who he has created us to be. And so inviting him into that and, and asking, Lord, what are, what are the areas you want me to grow in? Um, and that can't be an excuse for just waiting and waiting and putting out fleeces and, and this and that. I mean, mm -hmm. as Easton shared, I think there, there's certainly some value in, in choosing something and moving forward with it. But inviting God into that process is, is certainly important. I think that's so true. And almost, you know, I mean, it sounds kind of hokey for me to say, like, have God as your coach, you know, or whatever. But it's so true because even using Easton's Valley analogy, there are very few circumstances where for a long, long, long stretch of your life, you're going to be in a valley. Eventually, I have been in some valleys. I've been in some very deep valleys. 
but you just keep walking. And it's not, sometimes I've been in longer valleys in some areas of my life and then other ones have been a little brighter, you know? So it's not, it's kind of looking for that and saying, okay, what am I learning right here? What am I getting joy in right here? You know, and how do those two kind of help one another out a little bit? So I think it's important to keep that perspective and then realize that, yeah, the person who knows us and truly can enter into our sorrows and our struggles and actually can help us do something about them is God himself. So that said, in our last few minutes, let's just talk about how (laughs) this sounds like such a like whiplash kind of question, but (laughs) is there any possible way to make approaching the new year fun? Like, is there anything that we can go after where we're actually excited about it? And we're not just like, my whole life has to change. So where do I even start? I'm a complete mess, whatever. What are some good ways to go after it? And maybe even you guys give some examples of areas of growth that people may not have thought of already that are good things to think of. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I tried a, a couple weeks ago is I started laying out a timeline of the last year. Um, and it was really with respect to, okay, how am I going to look at 2022? And it was kind of a fun exercise for me. It was kind of a what we call in counseling a narrative therapy exercise where we look at a timeline and, and look at the high points and the low points and all the points in between and kind of just chart what just happened. You know, and so I think it's an important part of looking forward is going what just happened in 2021 for me. Um, and so that that's a kind of a practical thing that, that I tried and I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun to just step back and go, what what just happened? Areas of growth, areas um, that maybe uh, are not being looked at. That's a good question, too. I would... Uh, uh, I would I would have to yield to Andrew on that. Nothing comes to mind immediately. <laughs> well, you've kind of got some big rocks in your area of expertise of things that people always need to go after. So that's a good that's a good point as far as that goes. There's always something in our own mental health and in our own yeah. growth and relationships with other people. It's it's funny how when you look and where I did the exercise of looking at my family and my family patterns, when I started out, I was like, oh, yeah, we're all like just normal, whatever, everyday people, you know, stuff. And then I start digging a little bit deeper and being like, oh, my goodness, when this person says this, I react in this way. Why do I do that? Why do I do that every single time? And it's just it, there's some self-awareness to that. But, um, Andrew, any suggestions? I I do think that... W- Perseverance is such a key part of setting goals, but often when we hear the word perseverance, we have this image of slogging it out and like gritting our way through something, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't have to be the case. So part of your goal-setting strategy should be to think through, how can I make this fun? If you make your goals fun, you're much more likely to accomplish them. For example, the exercise goal that many people will be setting here starting January 1st, uh, be thinking through who are the people I can do this with? Like here at Focus, we have a fitness challenge coming up, Mm -hmm. and that involves a team of people who are working to get points in a fitness challenge. That type of relational accountability and the goal and just the fun that goes along with it is likely going to be more effective than someone who's thinking, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. every day in the dark and the cold (laughs) and go out for a run. That's the type of goal that, that may be more likely to fall by the wayside just because there's not that community around you. 
Yeah, that's good. Well, and I think too, I mean, just getting, talking about the fitness one, also finding something that is attainable for you. Like in finding my friends that I do stuff with, what do I enjoy doing? What is attainable for where I am in life? I mean, I'm not going to go looking for people to throw tires and crawl through the mud. That's just not my jam. That's not, I will last, you know, about seven and a half minutes. Um, But to find things that I know that I love doing, whether that's taking a class or whether that's um, hiking a lot more, which I really enjoy, you know, putting something uh, like that is is great. It, I'm also reminded of our recent roundtable that we did with folks about um, with health professionals on kind of going after your health. And one of the docs just straight up said, don't get into weird eating plans and be all like cutting out all these foods. Just decide that every day you're going to fill half your plate with vegetables, whatever vegetable it is, the greener, the better, the leafier, the better, and just do that. And you will have made major strides in being a healthier eater. And I was like, I think people can do that. That's not like buy 12 cookbooks and figure out how to simmer broths and all this kind of stuff. So I really appreciated that. But well, good ideas, you guys. I mean, our time always goes so fast. Um, But this, I think, is going to hopefully jumpstart us to getting the wheels turning, thinking about where we can go in the new year with the stuff that we already know about that we want to go after. And then the stuff that we're just like... Yeah, maybe someone can help me um, identify a few things that I can be working on and what that looks like and be an encourager in that and pray for me in that. And so it's always great to get as much info as we can around this topic. So thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. All right. Well, for our culture segments, we often like to make a resource available to you. And uh, this week, we want to make available a copy of Tony Evans' Kingdom Single. You know that we've talked about this on the Boundless show before. And so for a gift of any amount to Boundless, I often say this, um, we would love to give you a copy of this book, Kingdom Single, Living Complete and Fully Free to you as our thank you for giving a gift to Boundless. And so if you go to boundless.org, you'll see the book cover there uh, on this week's show. Just click on that. It will take you to the opportunity to give to Boundless, and this book will be sent to you in return. So um, definitely get a copy. Tell your friends about it as well. It's a great thing to read and discuss. So encouraging for those of us who are single. Another day that I can't fake Another journey and another
Well, folks, as we finish out the year, uh, we always like to open up our inbox. Uh, we're finishing out the show as well as the year. This is our last show of the year. So, um, and we love it, love it, love it when one of our counselors here at Focus on the Family and Boundless can come to answer the question that you have asked. And so uh, today I have counselor Elaine here. Hey, Elaine. Hey. Good to have you. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and read this question from a listener. This is a really, a really great one. And so uh, you're going to weigh in with your expertise. Our listener says, growing up, my mom was always concerned about my weight as she struggles with a weight problem like me. Since I was young, she's always wanted me to go on diets with her to learn how to eat well. I know she did it out of love, but it's made me hate diets or talking about weight at all. Now, I still get anxious when I think about trying to go on a diet, and even when I do, all it takes is one stressful day and I'm back to eating unhealthy junk food again. I feel like I need food to cope. After struggling with depression and self-harm, it's hard for me to even want to take care of my body at all. How can I find a healthy way to cope with these emotions and separate them from my eating habits? Yeah, much of, of what you're describing is a really natural human response to how your brain's been trained over the years. And as a result, your heart was trained as well. So um, I just... Fortunately, God is in the business of redemption, and there's hope. And so I'll just share a few things that I think might be really helpful in this situation. So the idea that we fill our tanks with good, healthy things is what's going to minimize the desire and cravings that tend to uh, lead to the out-of-control behavior that you're mentioning, and also then the depression that follows and the shame. And the depression and shame then lead to more of that craving to feel better, which is just, you know, that vicious cycle. So it really doesn't help a lot to expend energy on trying to stop. You know, you can try to stop, try to stop, but you end up just increasing the cravings. So um, I, I just want to suggest that first and foremost, you have to think of some ways that you can distract yourself from some of those unhealthy cravings. And, you know, of course, in Philippians 4 eight, it talks about whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, let, let your mind dwell on those things. And that tells me that we can choose our thoughts. And so choosing to think on what is life-giving and true and pure is where the focus needs to be. And it's all about replacing the counterfeit of filling that those empty spaces in your heart and mind with the, with you know bad behaviors, bad food, bad relationships, with what is true, the real thing, and that is first relationship with God. So that's what I want to focus on first: is really get your relationship right with God, pursuing Him, spending time with Him, finding your heart can be filled with Him. And then uh, some other things, because of some of the behaviors you mentioned, I would definitely look for a good Christian counselor that specializes in eating disorders and addictive behaviors um, and self-harm. So making a plan with a Christian counselor is going to be really good, really important. Uh, also, I think joining a 12-step group like Celebrate Recovery or Overeaters Anonymous would be really helpful because you've got that accountability then and you have people that are going through similar struggles there to share your heart and mind with and they will do the same and you can hold each other accountable. 
Um, again, filling your tank with those healthy things, healthy foods, healthy relationships, healthy activities, and finding life-giving, fun, and creative activities, sports, music, art, something that will stimulate your mind and heart and get you moving in the right direction. So I guess I want to say that the most important thing is nurture that relationship with God. Visualize him as the lover of your soul. Spend time with him. And and you don't have to do this alone. I struggled with an eating disorder for years and really kept that cycle going of try, try, try. And fail, fail, fail. More cravings. More poor behaviors. Get your mind and heart in the right direction pursuing God. And don't do it alone. Hmm. Great thoughts, Elaine, and, and encouraging. And again, I like that that idea of community and in the midst of that and finding the people who really are going to build you up and help you walk it out. Because it's not, you know, in isolation that we feel the failure and that we feel like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Or I, you know, I, I can just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to fall again. And so um, that's really, really helpful. And of course, God is our biggest advocate in the midst of it all. So thank you so Absolutely. much for weighing in. You're welcome. Well, folks, thanks again for joining us, for being with us on this journey in 2021. And uh, obviously, some of you radio listeners hearing this already in 2022. And so whenever you are hearing this show, just know that we love you, we appreciate you, and we're looking forward to being with you in the year ahead. Uh, To that point, for those of you who are hearing the show as it comes out on December 30th or 31st, know that you can still give a gift to Boundless here at the end of the year by going to boundless.org slash donate. And there you can give a gift that is entirely tax deductible as well as matched by a generous donor here at Focus on the Family. And that will double the impact of your gift. And so boundless.org slash donate is where you can give to the work that Boundless does. And quite frankly, you can give in the new year too. So we will always take your gift. It's super uh, exciting. It's always, again, tax deductible. And it just helps the work of Boundless as we continue to minister to young adults uh, in many, many stages and areas of life. And so we appreciate you being part of our Boundless family. All right. I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family.